0: You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day for the New Orleans Pelicans as they start a four-game road trip against the San Antonio Spurs. I'll preview that game in the third segment here today. The first segment, we're going to do some digging into Anthony Davis, how he's gone about this kind of six-game run where he's averaging over 40 points, how he's looked just in general Since the DeMarcus Cousins injury, I've got the stats that you need to know and all the numbers that you want to hear and see about it because, oh boy, does this team look very, very good and they're being led by Anthony Davis and we can kind of pinpoint why exactly and it is impressive. In the second segment, I want to talk about something else. There's a game going on tonight between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Washington Wizards, the Wizards who have been playing insanely well in recent uh over the past 10 games without John Wall why is that let's take a look at that team a little bit because I think it's a little bit interesting and there's some parallels you can draw here with the New Orleans Pelicans being without DeMarcus Cousins so a lot to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans so let's start with Anthony Davis, the leader of this Pelicans team, the guy who's really taken them to new heights with this six-game winning streak in the wake of the DeMarcus Cousins injury. On the season, Davis is averaging a little over 28 points per game. Then if you look at the points per game since DeMarcus Cousins went down, that jumps to and half. Obviously, there's going to be an increase there. That's no surprise whatsoever. The big surprise is over these past six games on this six-game winning streak for the Pelicans where Davis is averaging an absolutely insane 41 and a half points per game over six contests holy shit basically is the best way to describe that so what's going on what's kind of changed obviously it's more shots different things like that uh Davis right now over these past six is averaging basically 28 shot attempts per game I've got the numbers in front of me over the last 12 games so since DeMarcus Cousins went down it's 20 it's 24 5 shots per game. And then total on the season, he's averaging, which again is going to take into account those numbers. And... Oh, there we go. It's because I'm hitting the wrong uh, stat here. There we go. Base stat site is awesome. On the season, he's averaging just uh, 19.2. So it's jumped up to... Eight more shots or so per game. That doesn't necessarily take you from 28.2 points to 41 point, uh, 41.5 points per game. So what's going on here? And for that, we need to dig a little bit deeper. So, obviously, AD's usage percentage has gone up from 29.1% of the team's possessions overall to 34.2 over these past six. It's 34.2 as well since Cousins was injured. So, the usage rate has stayed the same. But how is he going to 41.5 points per game over these past six compared to him not just doing that with the same usage rate before? And there's a couple of things, and it really comes back to him saying he needs to play like Russell Westbrook. When you look at his unassisted field goals versus his assisted field goals, that's where there's a big difference. He's just straight up kind of taking over like he never has before, getting his shot and just driving to the rim or scoring in a way like that. So on this season, we've got, we'll have got we look at overall over the, over the last 12 and then over the last six. His unassisted, I've got to find him here. Field goals made percent assisted was 69.1. So basically, he's being assisted on 69% of his shots overall on the season. So 31%, let's round up, uh, came unassisted. Over the past 12 games since Cousins' been injured, so including the six game winning streak. The field goal assisted uh, number drops to 66.4. So we're looking at about a 3% drop. Field goal unassisted, 33.6. No surprise there. Then it really drops over the past six games. Only 60% of his field goals have been assisted, compared to 40 that have not been. Um, So you're seeing him take the ball, driving, and just scoring, knowing he's this dominant and just doing his thing more than he ever has before. It's about a 10-9% Difference there. That's a significant amount. He's looking to just get the ball and do his thing more. He gets possession. He seals his man off down in the low post. And no one can really front him because you just throw the ball over if they do. So they if, And if he gets good position, they're just behind him. And it doesn't matter whatsoever when they defend him. The other thing is he's playing more efficient basketball. His percentage of points from mid-range have gone down compared to what they've been overall on the season. On the season, he's averaging 14.3 of his points come from two-point shots that are mid-range. That's down to 12.9% right now. So a more efficient shot selection. His points in the paint... Um, have kind of stayed about the same through both both of these stretches. So it's just him simply just doing it more, wanting it more, and going out and making it happen. You know, it really does seem like he's trying to be Russell Westbrook, just get out of my way, let me do my thing, I'm going to make it happen. And it's exactly the type of mindset you want to see from Anthony Davis, the type of mindset that we haven't really ever seen from him. So a switch has gone on in his mind, and I don't know if it's Alvin Gentry reaching him and getting the most out of him, Maybe it's the daily calls with DeMarcus Cousins and Cousins telling him what to do. But the mindset he's in right now is exactly what you want to see. He's getting to the line significantly more um, than he ever has been. That's a huge thing. That is almost double at times for what it is. Again, 26 attempts against the Suns the other night when he basically forced three guys to foul out just because he decided that that is what was going to happen that night. Anthony Davis is doing it all with a significantly higher usage percentage. And then the other thing is, when you look at it, he's more efficient because he's not turning the ball over. After the Cousins injury, when he was trying to do kind of everything and try and get other teammates involved, make passes defer, his p- turnover percentage ballooned to almost 25%, up from 182 on the season. Right now, over these past six games, it's back at 18.8%. That is great. So he's cut his turnovers down while playing more efficient basketball. There's not much else you could really want or ask from this guy right now. And that's why the Pelicans are in the thick of the playoff race, why they're in the discussion uh, for maybe getting home court advantage in the first round, and why he's being hailed as an MVP candidate. Don't forget, it's Wednesday, which means John Corrales and I were taking over Locked on NBA, recapping the games from the night before. There was a big one between the Clippers and Nuggets. You saw the Wizards take on the Bucks. Find out what happened. Find out what's going on around the league. We do have some Anthony Davis discussion on there, as well as letting John kind of rant about the NCAA, the scandal that everything is going on, and all of that fun stuff. We had a great time recording that podcast. So make sure you tune in to the Locked on NBA podcast. So on occasion, you guys know I like just to talk about the NBA in general on the podcast here, particularly when we have slow news days when it comes to the Pels. And I want to talk a little bit about the Washington Wizards, who just won last night over the Milwaukee Bucks, 107-104. They are now, I think it's 9-2 over their last 11 games, all without John Wall, who's been out for a little while longer than that. But they look like a very good team. They're sitting at 35-25, and 25, and all of a sudden, they're kind of that dark horse in the Eastern Conference And people are wondering, are they a better team without John Wall? And this is an interesting thing because when you looked at lineups with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, those lineups were good. But lineups with just AD and no Cousins had a better net rating. So this was kind of the thinking about the Pelicans around the league as a whole for a little while. But we all knew that team wasn't better without Demarcus Cousins. They were better with Demarcus Cousins on the court alongside AD. So I see a bit of a parallel here. And sometimes when you lose a high usage guy, you have to kind of adapt on the fly and play a little bit of a different style. And we've seen the Pelicans do it. You know, they wanted to kind of go with AD at center. It didn't quite work. So they're now pairing him in, you know, kind of more four out, five out sets with him and shooters. And you're just letting him go to work. We've seen more Um, Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis pick and roll to try and create offense that way alongside AD and Rondo pick and rolls as well and they've kind of had to adjust and change some things but it has been working for them and that's the same thing for the Washington Wizards so far this year. John Wall was a very high-usage player who's not a good shooter, and that's not necessarily a recipe for good half-court offense. And now without him, this team passes the rock more. They had 30 assists, I think, at least, or 31 on the night against the Milwaukee Bucks. That's a lot. Um, And they went out, and they played just very unselfish ball during this time. So again, the question becomes, are they a better team without John Wall? And the answer still is no. uh, Let me see. It was 30 assists. On the night, it just forces you to adapt and people to step up, and then when you welcome him back into the fold, yeah, you're going to kind of hit a bit of a rough point um, uh, as you integrate him in. The the Nuggets are going to experience a similar thing with Patty Mills, who's back, not Patty Mills, Paul Millsap, similar names. Uh PM who who's back into the lineup soon for them and they're gonna struggle getting him back in. He's gonna be out of sorts, but they're still gonna be a better team for it. This Wizards team though just streaking, being led by Bradley Beal, who's putting up big points. They finally have Markeith Morris healthy again. Otto Porter Jr.'s been a damn stud. Uh Kelly Oubre Jr.'s been scoring for them as well. The biggest surprise being Tomas Sadoransky, their backup point guard, who's now their starting point guard. Plays insanely well. He's averaging over 11 points and almost 6 assists in the 20 minutes or so a game that he plays. Exactly where you want to see this team kind of headed. Guys stepping up and contributing. We've seen the Pels kind of have similar things too, where Darius Miller has stepped up at times. You now have to rely a little bit more on Drew Holiday, even though he was a good player to start with, who stepped up. But I do see some parallels in how you need to kind of adjust, and then how things change once you welcome that player back. And you better believe when DeMarcus Cousins returns at some point next season, if it's not at the start of the year that they're going to have to integrate him back and it's going to be a little bit tough but it forces these really good players you already have to step up even more bradley beal has played out of his mind recently and that's really led the team look at how anthony davis realizes there's some more pressure here he's got to go out and get it done and it's not as simple as just taking more shots you have to be a smart player to kind of make this work We talked about it in the first segment. He's not just taking more shots; it's where he's taking those shots. And you're seeing a similar thing happen to the Wizards here. And it's kind of a shame that they weren't always doing this, and they kind of just relied a little bit too much on John Wall. And maybe it shouldn't have taken the injury for them to realize what they're capable of uh, playing this style of basketball. That's a team that should always have been averaging over 25 assists per game um, in these type of situations. So it'll be interesting to see them going forward. That's a team you kind of want. to keep an eye on as a bit of a dark horse team though in the in the eastern conference so before we get to a preview of the spurs game we're going to do a quick one here kind of just kind of short efficient podcast like how anthony davis has been playing with good results and good numbers and all of that Don't forget, check out LockedOnPelicans.com. Anthony Davis is now in the MVP conversation, but it takes more than just stats and just numbers to get you that victory. John Nathan Raby has it covered on exactly what it takes to be an MVP in the NBA in this landscape currently and how Anthony Davis fits in there. Does he fit the mold of the past MVP winners? Find out and check it over at at LockedOnPelicans.com. So tonight, the Pelicans take on the San Antonio Spurs on the road in San Antonio. And what's going to be kind of, I think, a game that people are kind of looking at, one of those kind of measuring stick games. How do they match up against a team that's ahead of them in the standings? And can they get some work done here against San Antonio? Maybe make up some ground, target that third or fourth seed. Because a win's going to put them not quite in the driver's seat, but is going to put them in very good position for the rest of this road trip, with them being winnable games against the Dallas Mavericks, the Clippers, and the yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sacramento Kings, as I almost forgot who they were playing there. So these two teams met earlier in the year um, in a big win for the Pelicans 107-90 to back on November 22nd in a game that the Pelicans absolutely dominated. I think you're going to see similar things to that one. You know, again, San Antonio is San Antonio. They do what San Antonio does with Greg Popovich there and just steady veterans, good, solid overall play, though they're still going to be without Kawhi Leonard and it sounds like Pau Gasol is not going to play tonight i think he's listed as i record this as doubtful so this opens the door big time for anthony davis to have another monster performance and back in november he put up 29 points against this team (coughs) cousins put up 24 holiday kind of didn't really contribute with just 13 that was back when he wasn't playing particularly well For the Pels. So I think you can kind of see a similar thing coming up for the team here. San Antonio uh, doesn't quite match up well. Lamarcus Aldridge, when he was over in Portland, used to give Anthony Davis fits, but this is a different AD. And in this uh, past game in November, the Pelicans played good defense, holding the Spurs to just 40% from the field, and they shot 25% from deep overall. Now the defense is even better. You're going to be without Pau Gasol, who put up 17 against the Pelicans last time, and this should be a somewhat easy victory for the Pelicans. Watch out, though, for Murray on the Spurs, their point guard who's been starting recently, who likes to get to the rim and score that way. We saw Devin Booker and Alfred Payton eat uh, Nikola Mirotic alive at times on switches, and you have to figure the Spurs are going to try and do the same thing. If he can just kind of slow them down and not get torched like he did by Booker for 40 points or so, the, the Pels sh- could have an easy walk you know, with everything in this game. Spurs are going to do what they do. They're going to get points from the Marcus Aldridge. They're going to get top-to-bottom contributions, but Rudy Gay is coming back from injury. Danny Green hasn't been shooting well at all this year. Patty Mills can score, but was held to one of seven last time these two teams played. is out. You're not really that worried about Kyle Anderson, are you? Uh, So this team, you know, matches up uh, almost advantageously for the Pelicans in this game, and hopefully they're going to be able to get this victory. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game tonight. The Pels could get this victory. Just take away the the paint. I really think that's what it is. The Spurs don't take a lot of threes. They're not going to kind of bombard you from there. They have guys who want to drive, score in the paint, take those short mid-range jumpers, just kind of Spursian as we've said, type offense. You'll see LaMarcus Aldridge shooting from mid-range a ton. Just kind of corral the guards that are trying to get into the paint, kind of contest those mid-range jumpers, force them to take them a little bit further out than they really like, get that shooting percentage low. The team has been rebounding well defensively so far. They should be able to end these possessions. And you can get out of San Antonio with a win. You get this win, I'm mean, you'll get one more on this road trip. Two and two is a big thing for the Pels right now. I think that'd be considered uh, a moral victory, a large victory in this four game road trip. You have three and one, that's even better. Lanyap on top of everything there. So they can definitely get that done. So now we're really going to wrap up here. So thank you for listening to today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Don't forget, check out Locked on NBA where John Corrales and I cover everything recapping the night before, talking about the biggest stories in the NBA, The one of them being Anthony Davis. So we'll dive in some more there before we preview that upcoming night's action for the Wednesday game. It's going to be a lot of fun. We had a great time recording. So again, make sure you listen to Locked on NBA. As always, I'm your host here, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the Spurs game.